Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Create a brighter future with a savings plan from Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. This week, episode three of our Leaving Cert support show, Study Hub, is focusing on Irish Paper 1 and biology. And Study Hub's Evelyn O'Rourke joins us now in studio to talk us through this latest instalment of the series. Uh, First of all, Evelyn, we have a clip which is a little clue to (laughs) one of this week's subjects. Tom Fear Fear Bro do us and also Scotland August August us Frankie is is Colleen he took it. I guess Tackle your ear on the Sean you Fishing Pay in Illinois, I guess Shinabanchi Sevenish and Colleen Kuhn. Well and Colleen Kuhn for Kyoga. Oh this Kenneth Fillness is far Imlina. Oh no what Paul Mesco giving Gilga a boost last week. That was of course outside the BAFTAs speaking to Kathleen Nickay from TG Cahar. Uh, no points for guessing no. this week. It's Irish. It's very fitting <laughs> I, to have Irish this week, Evelyn. What else do you have lined up? Oh, he's our number one ambassador this week, I can tell you. Irish paper won there. And biology, both, of course, very popular subjects. Students facing challenging exams in these subjects. And Gaelic, of course, there's the written component, the Ashta, then there's the Cluostatistics, and then the oral. And then in biology, it's a fascinating but broad and long course. So lots of help needed. And that's where we come in on this week's podcast, Sarah. We are joined by Irish teachers teacher, Ethna Coyne, and our old Radio 1 friend from Mooney Goes Wild. People know the name well, of course, former science teacher Terry Flanagan. But we'll also be looking at the wider challenges presented by the Leaving Cert and how families and students can use simple tips and strategies to help navigate through all this. So we're also joined in studio uh, in the podcast this week by Jen Tredcheck. And Jen is an occupational therapist from Way Ahead Therapy. And she just was very good about all these challenges and how, you know, the bit of advice she could give us all as we try and support students through all this. So you're going to start this evening then, as I mentioned, with Irish Paper 1. And this paper is all about showing off and demonstrating your knowledge in the language after many, many years of study. Yes, Paul Meskell style here. Show it all <laughs> off on television. We're joined by Ethna Coyne from the Presentation College in Athenryan County, Galway, with good advice. She runs through the elements of the exam, but her main guidance is to pick your themes, you know, have your big themes ready to go, have your phrases ready to go. And she also says with COVID, maybe students lost a little bit of confidence in their oral. So start walking around the streets muttering to yourself like speak Irish have your Gaelic in your mouth and if people can bear to listen to you talk about yourself to them and get all that verbal practice in so here's just a little flavour of what Ethnocoin tells us on this week's study hub Actually, the layout of it is, is the same as last year, Evelyn. So um, it's it's very straightforward. As you said, it's two hours, 20 minutes, starting with the close tishkins. So roughly 30 minutes for that. And then you're left with um, an hour and 50 for your ashta. And that's 160 marks for that first paper one in the afternoon. And that's worth 27% of your overall mark allocation. And of course, you'll have your oral exam, which is 240 by comparison done during the Easter holidays at that stage. Um, And going on to the written paper, you have the essay question, the uh, infamous essay question. That's divided into three genres. Um, And again, there's huge overlap here between uh, preparation for your essay work, the written paper, and what you would have done formally on the Bale Street. Um, And then just to be aware of the importance of Crinius and the Gaelia there. But you're definitely looking at the use of the Shevu, your oru, the tishul genedach, and the inch genedachal, the, the the correct gender there in, in Colleen Kuhn, for instance, you can see that that's a, a masculine word followed by an adjective then that's treated accordingly. But a lot of them you would have coming up in a lot of different genres or in a lot of, under a lot of different themes, you know, reitzach, nefaiba, and rudimershen. So it's just clachtu really, because 80 of out of your 100 marks is going for krinyas and 
five for the correct genre, and then 15 out of the 100 marks for over, which is that you would adhere to ad rem, that you would keep to the relevance of the title. People get very caught up in the theme, which of course you have to answer accurately and appropriately. But actually, it's the written goal, it's the goal you're actually committing to the paper, that that is of a high standard. That's the biggest priority here. It is, and that's an ongoing process, Evelyn, really. You're advised to write 600 words for your ashta or your Deesworth, whichever you may choose. But then if your crinius is lacking or if you find that challenging, you are advised to stick with 600 words. But then if your crinius is particularly strong, you can go beyond that. Obviously, it's a case of timing. But for H3 or higher, you'd be expected to write more than two and a half pages or more than 600 words. Okay, so some great advice there. Meanwhile, biology is the most popular Leaving Cert subject by a long shot. I loved it, I have to say. Um, Thousands of students will be facing that paper in June. So what kind of advice will students get if they download the podcast? Yeah, we were saying that, you know, uh, most popular science subject by a long shot, joined by Terry Flanagan there. uh, He joined us. He was taught biology for many, many years in Moyle Park College in Clondalkin. And he told us that like every paper, there are changes to the paper this year compared to last year, that it is gliding back, that verb they keep using towards pre-COVID times but they're still good choice he says and one of his main themes is that students should know the marking system you know know what questions what kind of marks they can yield for you and follow the instructions because he says students sometimes see something in a question and they just fall on it and run away with it don't do that look at exactly what you're being asked to do if you're asked to write a short account to Sarah the key word here is short so to get you into the stone zone we're going to start this clip in true study hub fashion with a little taster from the last of us and the evolution of fungus this is just to set the mood True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now there is reason to evolve. Well, it's really gone back to what it was like pre-COVID. So the format or the layout of the paper is there are three sections, section A, section B and section C. Section A are the short questions and it's uh, five questions from seven. Section B, the experiments, it's two from three. And section C, the long questions, it's four from seven. So pre-COVID, it was four from six. And even within that choice there, the last two questions, you answer two parts from four, whereas before COVID, it was two questions from three. So there is quite a lot of, of choice there. You're trying to keep it positive. I like yeah, it, it is, Terry. No, no it, is, <laughs> it is positive. I know biology is the most popular of the sciences and the majority of students, they take the honours. It is a very long course, but it's a, it's a good subject. Well, listen, let's get stuck in there. So That's how do great. I answer the questions? What are my choices? There will be a set number of topics that will definitely appear in that every year. Question one will be food, feeding, enzymes type question. So there'll also be a question there on ecology. That's one that you should know really, really well. Things like uh, the scientific method uh, and what appears quite often in Section A, you'll be given a statement, answer true or false. Now, if you don't even know anything, if you answer true to every one of them, <laughs> Give you're, it a shot. Going, you're going to get 50% of them right anyway. <laughs> so you're bound to do better than that. A few things I would say about Section A is you have to answer on the question sheet. So there'll be a set amount of spacing. Now, if, the, if there's one line given, don't put in 10 lines or yes. something, be writing down the side of the page and up the next page and please go to page yeah, two. It's not an Ashta. No, it's not. And you know, when I'm correcting and I, I see that, I think, well, before I read anything, I know this student hasn't got it. If there's a line left, the examiner is looking for a sentence. 
Hmm, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, you might want to, you, sorry, you do want to mention an event, Evelyn, taking place next Sunday for Leaving Cert Music students. Yeah, this is a lovely project sounding called Bach or Back to School, taking place next Sunday, the 12th of March at three o'clock and hosted by Dunleary Choral Society. It's an interactive workshop of Bach's cantata for Leaving Cert students. It's part of their course. It's taking place in the Church of the Assumption in Doki and for just five euro in you get, John Doyle, the Society's musical director, will talk students through the piece. You'll have a chance to discuss it with the musicians after afterwards it just sounds wonderful and then you have a ticket for their concert afterwards as well so check out eventbrite.ie for that now we know that for many students uh, this whole period of leaving cert is, is, is very tricky and can be very stressful and, and lots of them or many of them at least can experience some anxiety. You're going to be discussing that aspect of it in Study Hub this week. Yeah, even students who did it decades ago talk about that still. Mm. It's amazing. But yes, we were joined by the occupational therapist at Wayhead Therapy in Dublin, Jen Tredcheck. She worked in Jigsaw before. She works with young people and she talks about the things that students can do to help them focus to approach their studying. But she's also interesting talking about the parents and the guardians because she says sometimes they feel a little lack of confidence about, you know, how far can you push a student? You know, how much, uh, what's the story of pressure and anxiety and all these things that everybody's so worried about. So she says, look, there's, you know, red flags you can look for somebody becoming very overwhelmed. And she says things like sleep, disrupted sleep is a clear sign. But in general, just try and keep those conversations open between you and your young person. So here she tells us a little bit more. Maybe this cohort had dipped during COVID where the study skills that are really important maybe weren't as well developed. So a lot of people I talk to are struggling to actually get going with study. You know, the intentions are there, the plans are there, but actually to get started is kind of hard. So really kind of thinking about how do you do that is important. Okay, so the big thing I suppose we have about with this generation are phones and concentration. And concentration is something they're aware of that sometimes that people can struggle with. Absolutely. Phones and and multitasking, when our brain is going to two different places at once, that's a challenge. Try and put down the phone when we're studying. And there are different apps like Forest that you can use to try and stop you going on the phone. There's ways around those apps. So maybe just giving it to somebody, leaving it in a drawer outside for a short amount of time and then allowing yourself to go back on the phone as a reward after you've done a little block. Now, one of the other aspects is the kind of the parents or the guardians, because I think everybody feels a bit, you know, overwhelmed. How much do you push a student, you know, those conversations? Like, do you say to a student what you're expecting from them? How does that bit work? Yeah, I think those conversations are really important. I think parents are worried about saying the wrong thing sometimes or, you know, how much should I push somebody? People Um, are worried about putting pressure on maybe. yeah, Yeah, and we do need to be careful around pressure, but we need to be open. So don't be afraid to sit down and kind of say, well, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I want for you. Okay. Where are you at? What are your needs? How can I support you to get the most for the next few months? But a parent can be honest and say, look, I'm actually expecting hours. I'm expecting you open your bedroom, expecting less social life or whatever. Yeah, I think it's good to to kind of lay out the expectations and then allow and listen to your young person around what their expectations are, what their hopes are, what their needs are. And, you know, get on the same page. If if you've got expectations that are very far removed from what your young person feels that they can do or where they're at, that's where conflict is going to arise. So have the conversations. Everybody wants to get through this in the healthiest way possible and to get the most from the next few months. That was Jen Tredcheck there speaking to Evelyn O'Rourke. Thank you very much, Evelyn, for all of that. And episode three is available to download now. Don't forget to check out RTE Learn, which is full of extra content, videos, notes, all to help students with their studies. Evelyn, of course, is going to be back with us next week for episode four. 